Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. So this virus is evolving to adapt and adapting to us. Um, and the mutation or the amino acid change that we're seeing in the UK variant and indeed in the South African variant has emerged a number of different times across different lineages globally. So I think it's important in some respects that we don't talk about um, the variants as much, but this virus is becoming more used to us and is likely going to become more transmissible just in general. So while the variants are concerning, um, it really comes back to the, the point that Dr. Hulahan was making. The virus still needs people to interact to transmit. The virus is still transmitting by the same means. We believe that it's more transmissible because it's, it's better at binding to cells, it's better at infecting the host, and it probably generates a, a higher viral load. But that's, that's what viruses do, and that's a virus evolving to a new host. So the key thing is that if we minimize our contacts, if we stay home at this point in time, we practice all the public health measures, we, we can bring this under control again. Right, virologist uh, on the National Public Health Emergency Team, Dr. Killian Gascoon, talking last night. And Dr. Sarah O'Connell is a consultant in infectious diseases uh, for the hospital group uh, locally here in the Limerick area and clinical lead on COVID. Uh, you're welcome. Good morning to you. Um, so what happens then to somebody who ends up in hospital with COVID-19 at the moment uh, and begins to decline? Thanks, Joe. So we have specific pathways stepped up in the hospital since last March, actually, whereby if somebody comes to the emergency department, to the triage department, they are asked the specific questions. If they have any symptoms that sound like someone has a COVID-19 infection, they then enter into the COVID pathway. And essentially, the large part of our emergency department is a COVID pathway, but we also have part of the emergency department that is not. These are separated and we wear personal protective equipment in those areas. So obviously a patient is admitted and assessed. And to answer your question, if somebody is start, if for example we think somebody has pneumonia related to COVID infection, the mainstay of treatment is supportive care, so the patient will receive oxygen, and we have some evidence that steroids work if somebody is requiring oxygen. But after that, if somebody was to become more unwell, we may need to ask our critical care colleagues to review the patient to see they, if even if they need care at a higher level in the hospital. And what would that mean? Um, so we have a high dependency unit and we have, of course, our intensive care unit. And thankfully, the majority of people who come into the hospital do not need care in the high dependency unit and the intensive care unit, but they just do need care in the hospital for a number of days. So a number of our wards are what we call COVID-positive cohort areas where we have patients who are looked after in these areas who don't require higher levels of care. But if somebody does require high dependency or um, care in the critical care block, what it means is that they require high levels of oxygen. So they may just be requiring high levels of oxygen therapy there. Or it might be that they require what we call non-invasive ventilation, so a mask which applies... um, I suppose, increased ways to supply oxygen to the lungs. And on some occasions, if someone is very short of breath and their oxygen levels are low, they may require a tube to be passed so that they can um, be ventilated by means of using a a machine. And is that when they're in ICU? Yes. On occasion, even without, before COVID ever happened, on occasion, if somebody gets very unwell on the ward quickly, they may require to be intubated, is what we call it, on the ward. But for the most part, it does happen in the ICU. Yeah. 
Um, and how quickly can somebody deteriorate with COVID-19? So thankfully, it usually is relatively gradual. For example, somebody may be on the ward and we may notice that their oxygen levels are dropping. And at that point, they would require an increased level of oxygen. And at that point, maybe a few hours later, we might see that they require even higher levels of ventilation again. So usually it's quite gradual. I mean, the majority of people who are coming to the hospital are people who've been diagnosed with COVID at home. And it's actually over a number of days that they become more unwell and feel short of breath and then come into hospital. If someone ends up in an ICU bed, how long are they likely to be there? That's a difficult question to answer, but we do know that, unfortunately, when people are in ICU, that they need to be there usually for um, at least a week or a number of weeks because the recovery time is slow. Um, So that is something that we have seen. And also, unfortunately, when people are in intensive care, they can get quite weak and they need a lot of time to recover from that, you know. And when we hear that someone has been discharged from ICU in the daily figures, does that mean they've recovered? Uh, it means that if they've been discharged from ICU, that they have been are now being looked after on the wards. Usually we would not discharge someone from ICU and that they would be um, going directly home because they require more care in the wards. OK, so when people talk about discharge, it, it doesn't mean they're discharged because they've passed away necessarily. That's the national reporting figure, but not that I'm aware of, no. Right. Um, so what's your message to people, um, Sarah, okay. as someone who's dealing with this? Yeah, so, I mean, Professor Lennon, our Chief Clinical Director, was um, on the radio yesterday as well. We have a crisis. We are managing it at the moment. We have a surge plan. We have ways that we can manage the high numbers of patients that are coming in. However, we are always concerned that if these numbers continue to rise, that we may not be able to manage moving forward. And this is not just us. These are all hospitals in the country and really worldwide. So the only way now that we can manage this is that people stay at home and reduce their contacts because as the virus, if it continues to be transmitted and we see the ongoing high numbers coming in, then we're concerned that we may not be able to manage. Mm. So currently there are enough ICU beds in Limerick, in UHL or or, or where? Um, Yes, so we have, um, obviously we have ICU and HGU beds and we're lucky that we have some more beds than we previously did. Um, But we also have a surge plan in place, for example, so that other beds can be used for the purposes of intensive care. Right, but that hasn't been implemented yet? Um, No, no. Okay, but you're not far from it? So it's something that we obviously review on a daily basis. And as I said, the plan is there. And what we do not want to do is move into this surge plan quickly, you know. Yeah. Um, Certainly I was coming into work this morning and, you know, I have some personal experience of coming in and out all the time, really, during the first lockdown and this one and the middle lockdown. Um, And it's coming around 8 o'clock this morning, I think, through the city. Certainly less traffic than there was last week, which is a good thing but still more traffic than I would have seen in the first lockdown. Yeah, I agree with you, actually. And uh, I remember in March and coming to work and the roads were very, very quiet and they're certainly less quiet now. Um, And I think, I I just think that 
any efforts at all if people can understand, and I'm sure lots of people understand at this stage, to try to stay at home and limit your contacts. If you can work at home, if at all possible, do that. If you have any symptoms whatsoever, make sure you try to get a swab taken and isolate until the results are back. And I would say that even for members of your family as well. So if your family have symptoms and you're living in the house and that family member is awaiting a swab, really you should be isolating until that result is back. Mm. And obviously anything that somebody does today in a positive way to try to help, the impact of that in a hospital is 14 or more days away. That's exactly it, yeah. Right. Yeah. So the yes, exactly. So often, what happens is that when we see the um, unfortunately the high numbers nationally now, we know that we're going to continue to see people coming in through the door very unwell over the next number of weeks. What about the age profile, by the way, of the people? Yeah, the um, unfortunately, the age profile of people that we're seeing coming in with severe illness, it's similar to the first wave. So we're seeing um, quite young people coming in. And sometimes people have, obviously, um, pre-existing illness as well. Sometimes they don't. But that's very concerning. So as well as, unfortunately, the older age group of patients that we know can get more severe COVID-19 infection, we are seeing it in the younger age group as well. Mm. So what you will see in the hospital today uh, relates to activities of 14 days or more ago. Previously, absolutely, yeah. Right, so clearly nothing can be done about it. Someone said, like, looking at the stars. That's um, exactly, that's exactly it, yeah. Yeah. But but anything that anyone can do today, any, you know, proper decision that somebody can make today is so important. That's, um, so we're looking at the month of January and that by the end of the month of January, that if people can do every their best efforts now, that in a few weeks' time, hopefully after that, we will not be seeing the high rates of people coming in. I mean, you'd almost think that if the figures of the last couple of days and, and this figure now that suggests that we've the highest rate on the planet over yeah. the last seven days, if that isn't enough to encourage people to do the right thing, you wonder what is. I know. I know, and there has been obviously so much messaging and, you know, I think people really do understand now. I think it's been very difficult. People have been isolating um, many people for almost a year. Um, but on the bright side, we do have the vaccine and uh, we've vaccinated a large number of healthcare workers here in the hospital, continue to vaccinate them. And of course, it's going to be rolled out um, across the country soon. So. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, well, listen, we're glad to give you the opportunity to um, uh, make that point again this morning. Dr. Sarah O'Connell, consultant in infectious diseases for the hospital group locally and clinical lead on COVID. Uh, The best of luck to you over the next uh, few days and weeks and to your colleagues. Many thanks, Joe. Call Limerick today now on 461995.